Hello, my friends. This is Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And in episode 38, we continue our discussion of what about my people. So if you're joining us for the first time and you haven't heard podcast number 37, I'm going to give you a pro tip. Go back and listen to the previous podcast and then come on back because we'll be waiting for you right here. Hebrews in exile. You know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews Hebrews in exile. I look at um, a mailing thing that I get every day on my computer and in it it's well it's Pinterest oh okay and Pinterest has a lot of historical information in it and it has a lot of Hebrew and um, mm. uh, black history information I, I ran across I ran across this particular statement it's a picture of a young lady and she's kneeling. She has her hands together mm. and she looks like she's praying. And it says, the mm. picture reads with this dialogue. It says, some may see this picture and say it's evil. No, what is evil is a people intruding, intruding your land, enslaving you, stripping you of your native tongue and spirituality that gave you power than tossing you a book and telling you and tell you have faith in it for hundreds of years, whether it seems like it's working or not. That's evil. I would, I tend to agree with you on that one. Yeah. That's, it's kind of sinister. Now, with that being said, you know, I had an opportunity this weekend to share with a few of my friends while I was in Los Angeles. Mm. And I asked a question. And the one question that you're going to hear me repeat a lot over and over again is who told you that? Who was the person that actually said that to you? Who told you that? Mm Mm-hmm. The history book, our history book about our people is the compilation that begins in Bereshit, which is Genesis, and in the Hebrew Bible concludes in Second Chronicles. Mm-hmm. It's about an inch, almost two inches thick. Which is amazing because it's the only, it's one of those histories that everybody knows. Everybody knows about your history because that book is everywhere. It's about mm-hmm. almost two, two inches, inches thick. thick. Yeah. The other document that has enslaved us <laughs> is about maybe three quarters to seven eighths of an inch thick. Right. Right. And our people know more about that little sliver of work than they do 
their own history because they don't know it's their history. True. True. So Marcus Garvey-ish. Yeah. <laughs> no roots. You don't know. Somebody them. has to tell our people who they are and how they come into existence and how wonderful they are to the most high in spite of what they're going through because what they're going through is indicative of the actions that they have taken that have placed themselves in the position that they're in. Right. Let me backtrack for a second because you made mention about in that narrative on Pinterest that you just read about uh, giving you a book and having you learn it like the back of your hand. Yeah. But there's another piece to that, which is when that book was given to you, it wasn't given to you in totality because there's this thing called the slave Bible yeah. that had portions of your history systematically removed yep. 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 to almost compound the issue of what was trying to be per portrayed. So yep. even, even in that regard, you weren't even given the whole truth. Which is sad. Which perpetuates where you're at right now. Is yeah. that no one's telling people about their, no. their true history and the connection to no, the most high. No, and and you know, and the sad part is is that I'm realizing that a more a majority of our people don't even know where they come from. They don't even know where man was created. Mm-hmm. They don't even know that when you use and speak the term motherland, a lot of our people don't even know that the motherland is the continent of Africa, which is the origin of all things associated with the most high. Very true. It's very true. It's where all things started. I think you mentioned it before. You know, even if you go, the origin of man is in that rift valley yeah, over there in, on the in, west side in, of in, Africa. In West Africa. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I am very, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I am so, I'm concerned. I am concerned about my people. Mm -hmm. I'm in Daniel's vein. I'm concerned about them because they don't know who they are. They don't know who their, who their God is. And, you know, I mentioned the word, I says, well, who's your God? Mm -hmm. And they say, well, God, I go, which one? Well, God. Yeah, that's just a title. Which, well, what, what's his name? How many gods are there? <laughs> one. No, there's not. Yeah, there's a plethora. There's, there's only been one God in existence. And that one God that existed was in the beginning. That's right. After Correct. that, there were a plethora of other gods mm -hmm. that called themselves God outside of the framework of the absolute all existent one. So now Correct. you have to narrow it down to identifying the Elohim and the word God only means power. Mm -hmm. We have to narrow it down to identify who the power 
the Elohim, the absolute all existent one, is of Hebrew Israel. Mm-hmm. Because the Elohim, the power, the absolute all existent one of Hebrew Israel is the only power that has the authority and has the power to do anything. Correct. Totally agreed. 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 Krishna is ineffective. Mm-hmm. Buddha is ineffective. Mm-hmm. Muhammad is ineffective. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many more there are that I can name. I don't know. Do you? I mean, you're you're naming the major ones that are that are out there. There's, like you said, there there's a plethora of them out there. All men, by the way. Yeah, and so, uh, and Caesar called himself the divine Caesar. He called himself a god. Right. Matter of fact, if you look at the uh, paros of Egypt, they all were looked upon as god incarnate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the Isis's of the world, the yeah. Horus and, yeah. and Ra and all those yeah. ones. Yeah, all of these all of these that are identified as powers, but they have no power. They have no ability to create. Mm-hmm. They have no ability to do anything. The only power that has any ability to do anything is the Elohim, the power of Avraham Nitschkak and Yaakov. Yeah, very true. Very true. And so when I get up to speak and I say, I give authority and I give credence and I give power to the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov in the midst (laughs) of a Christian assembly, Mm -hmm. they don't want to hear that. Wow. They don't want to hear that. So they if if, if I don't get up and if I don't say giving honor mm-hmm. to to you know the guy across the street, street, right, 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 then anybody else they don't want to hear about and not real not recognizing that the guy across the street had had veins, he had sinew, blood ran through his body. He had breath and all that he had, the most high gave him just like he gave every other human being. Right. But in it, in that context across the street, a part of their narrative, why would you want to take that position? Because isn't that him? He's himself. Isn't that man, God himself? I mean, I'm talking about their particular narrative. So that's. How do you exclude yourself? How do you say, I don't want to hear that? I don't want to hear about the God of Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, but that's the one that was incarnate that walked around in the flesh, apparently. I, I, don't, I don't, you and I know, <laughs> you know, the loophole that you, you know, the dog chasing his tail in that whole entire yeah, narrative. Yeah, but. I mean, so as I listen to all of this, I come to realize that my people are very ignorant of who Mm. their power is and who they are. And they have no knowledge at all about how they're created and how and who, who, what body of people they are connected to. Mm -hmm. They have no clue. 
you know, I'm, I'm listening to you. I always say this as I'm listening to you speak. Do you have like a greater appreciation for the prophets? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and the position to say, now I, I understand where they're at because they're lamenting over the fact that there's this group of people who have been assimilated into a culture and a society, a dogma, an ideology that has become so ingrained that they don't even understand anymore who they are. And, and the narrative of the prophets is, is, I'm trying to get you guys to understand this. And it's to the point of a lament. I mean, do you kind of feel? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's the problem, and the problem, the problem that exists is that the more I talk to people about the things that are critical to understanding who we are the more I realize that they don't have a clue. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, to me... Yeah, yeah, there it is. That's disheartening. Mm -hmm. right. That's disheartening. Not to know that you, as a individual, are connected to the body of the Most High that the Most High deemed to be special to him, which is a nation that's called Hebrew Israel, mm -hmm. whom he said was the apple of his eye. Now, okay. I realize that we have been taught the narrative from Eurocentric Oxenazis. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Man, come on. You 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 got to do some homework. Yeah. You got to do some homework. You got to do some research. You can't you can't accept that narrative when in fact if you understand that the creation of man was from the dust of the ground and that everybody from Adam to Noah's sons mm -hmm. were all people of melanation. And the melanation didn't change. It changed with Yithat, mm -hmm. the, the youngest son, when he migrated away from the equator mm -hmm. into the north or into the caustics. Mm -hmm. And his pigmentation changed. Mm -hmm. Other than that, everybody is of melanation and of and of color, mm -hmm. and that the Hebrew people. <laughs> Come on, you cannot claim anything associated with Father Abraham if you don't recognize that Father Abraham was a Hebrew. Yeah, it's emphatic. That's written in the text. Abraham the Hebrew. Does and, it not? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean. And that out of Father Abraham comes Isaac, then comes Jacob, then comes the 12 sons right. of of uh, that make up the nation yeah, of yeah. Israel. And all of these people are people of melanation. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And they are, happen to be our ancestors. Yeah, there's there's proof. Now that's yeah. that's that's the that's the point right there. Okay, that's the point right there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. How do we know that there are they are our ancestors? Okay, it's a question. <laughs> how do we know? You want me to answer that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give you an answer, and you're gonna correct it. Okay, it's good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Oh, to the best of our knowledge, and I think we talked about this in a particular podcast. We did. We did. Um, it is an understanding because this is what I get challenged with this at oftentimes when people come into our congregation, they say, how do you know you're actually a Hebrew? How do you know you're not a Hamite? How do you know, you know, you're either a Shemite or a Hamite. Both are a melanation. Yes. You don't know emphatically. Okay. It's your association with this Hebrew way of life that associates you with the Most High. You can, there's strong reason to believe that you are. But I can't emphatically tell you that you're a, a Hamite or a Shemite. I'm looking at you see now that you're looking at me now. <laughs> I'm baiting you. <laughs> I'm baiting you. Come on. No, I mean there's strong reason to believe by the evidence of the history that's associated with the diaspora. <laughs> now, there's a word that once again, our people are a lot of our people are not familiar with. There the you di- go, diaspora. There you go. In order for there to be a diaspora, you had to be somewhere and exiled away from it. Mm-hmm. So, our forefathers, who were enslaved and captured in the continent of Africa mm-hmm. and brought to this country and have been here for over 400 plus years are part of a diaspora mm-hmm. along with other people out of the continent of Africa that we, we mentioned before when I mentioned the, the places where the, the numbers of where the, these, the slave trade has taken place. United States, Brazil, uh, mm-hmm. for one, and then I forget the rest of them, but I, I, I've talked about them in other, in other podcasts. Now, uh, Britain is filled with our people. Mm-hmm. What associates us with this idea that we're Hebrew is to look at the narratives that are written in our history book that the Most High said certain things would happen to Hebrew Israel. They're only going to happen to Hebrew Israel. They're not going to happen to any other nation of people. They're not going to happen to the Hamites. They're not going to happen to any other of Noah's son. It's only going to be Shemites and Hebrew peoples. And the prophets say that there is not another nation of people on the face of the earth that have endured the suffering that Hebrew Israel has endured 
in the diaspora. Right. So when I look at that information and I look at what's written and I look at myself as an individual and I look at the trauma that affects melanated people in the world and I'm associated with that, mm -hmm. I can't come away with any other conclusion that I'm a Hebrew. So the answer, boys and girls, is... is <laughs> you have to go back to scripture and look at the definition of what has happened to this group of people. And when you look at what happened to this group of people, you will understand that these things that are still happening today to the same group of people lines up with what scripture is. And that group, the only group of people, only criteria lines up with Hebrew Israel. Now, Let's 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 talk let's talk some scripture for a minute. Mm -hmm. How does the nation of Israel, Hebrew Israel, come into existence? How how do we get how do we become this wonderful nation of people? I wanna I wanna I wanna take you to I wanna take you to All right. um, yeah, where are we going? We're going to Ezekiel. Ah, the course. prophet. The prophet Ezekiel. Uh, and chapter 16. Okay. And it reads in this fashion. And... Are we starting at verse 1? Yeah, we're going to start at verse 1. Okay. Very good. And e the Most High is speaking to Ezekiel. And it says... The word of Yahweh came to me, human being, make Jerusalem realize how disgusting her practices are. So it opens up with the city that's called Jerusalem, and it sounds like as, as it opens that it's going to castigate Jerusalem, but it's really not. It's only talking about a city where a group of where a nation of people live that caused the city itself to be corrupt by their actions. All right. So it goes on to open the discussion. Say that Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim mm -hmm. is telling Jerusalem, by origin and birth, you are of the land of Kinaani. Your father was an Emory. Your mother was a Hitti. Okay, now let's just deal with that for a minute. This particular portion of scripture and matter, <coughs> and I want you to understand that the text speaks in metaphoric language. Mm -hmm. Because your mother, your father, your 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 father was an Emory and your mother was a Hitti is a direct relation it has direct correlation to Abraham and Sarah so what we have to know here we know that Abraham and Sarah were not born in Canaanite right so right. why is it making and we know that um father Abraham was not born in in the Emirates where the Emirates live and where the Hitti live. We know that. So what's it talking about? Well, mm -hmm. when you go back 
to Bereshit and we look at uh, Shem and we look at the genealogy of Shem, we find in the genealogy of Shem uh, Abraham's father, Terah. Yes. Terah yes. is born to the genealogy of Shem out of out of that, Terak burst his son Abraham and uh and um Nacor, I think Nacor and Haran. And Haran. Three boys. And then the text goes on to say that Terak left heir of the Chaldeans and took his family along with Sarah to Canaani. So right. they were raised in Canaani. Yep. So Ezekiel is making a reference here that you children are acting like these Canaani people. Mm-hmm. Now, we also know that, um, uh, let's see here. We know that uh, Avraham and Sarah had some glorious years in the area of the Amorites, and the Hittites provided Sarah with a burial place. So that becomes the kind of connection that's going on here mm. in the text. So okay. after we get through that, then it's really easy to see. Because now it goes on to say, as for your birth on the day you were born, nobody cut your umbilical cord, washed you in water to clean you off, rubbed salt on you, or wrapped you in a cloth. No one seeing you had enough pity on you to do any of these things for you. No mm. one had any compassion on you. Instead, you were thrown into an open field in your own filth on the day that you were born. Mm-hmm. That whole narrative is a metaphor that's talking about the birth of the nation of Israel. Mm. Okay. So, I bring this up because we need to understand that the narrative is talking about our, our ancestors. Sure. Absolutely. So, what's this? what is this talking about? Well, Israel was thrown into a place. What's that place? Mitzrayim. That's correct. So the relationship that he's talking about is talking about Mitzrayim. Uh, he uses metaphoric language. The narrative draws a picture of our answer. Hebrew Israel's life in Mitzrayim and their redemption. Verse 6 says, And I passed by and I saw you there wallowing in your own blood, And as you lay in your own blood, I said to you, live. This part of Ezekiel's word speaks to being redeemed out of Mitzrayim and being given Pesach and Milah, circumcision, as mitzvot that caused this nation to come together and be who they are. Wow. Wow. That's good. But the beautiful part of this, Mm -hmm. the beautiful part, the most beautiful part of Ezekiel's words are found in verses 8 through 14 of the chapter. 
And he says, and again, I passed by you, looked at you and saw that your time had come and the time for love. So I spread my cloak over you and covered your private parts and entered into a covenant with you, says Yahweh Elohim, and you became mine. Then I bathed you in water, washed the blood off of you and anointed you with oil. I also clothed you with embroidered ground, uh, gown, gave you the fine leather sandals to wear, put on a fine leather headband on your head, covered it, covered you with silk gave you jewelry to wear, bracelets for your hands, and so forth and so on. You have to hear the beautiful narrative that's going on here. Mm-hmm. So now when he says, when he says, I looked at you and I saw that it was time for love to come, so I spread my cloak over you to cover your private parts and enter into a covenant with you. What do you think he's talking about? <laughs> he's talking about that thing that people do. Yes, but, but <laughs> remember, right. he's speaking in a metaphor. Correct. But the metaphor maps back to a specific event. Mm. The most high, and this is, this is in my, in my, in my view, this is the most beautiful passage that defines how we as a nation came into existence, came through puberty, grew up, became a, as the most high came, became a, a beautiful, a beautiful uh, person that he wanted to take to be his wife. Mm-hmm. And the narrative says just what a husband and a wife does. Correct. You'll get married. Right. You go into the marriage chamber. Consummate. And you consummate the marriage. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it happens. It happens. <laughs> and and your woman, if she ain't never, if, if, if she's a virgin, she don't want herself all exposed, even to the open air in a, in, a, in a room when ain't nobody, but you cover me up. That's right. The sheet. Put a sheet over me. That's right. So mm-hmm. the sheet and the covering here in this particular passage I spread my cloak over you and covered your private parts and entered into a covenant is Shemot chapter number 20. Hmm. There and there you go. There well, you wait go. a minute. Okay. But what is Shemot chapter 20? All right. Shemot chapter 20 in the Hebrew language is called the Ketoban or the marriage vows yeah. between the Most High and Hebrew Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it kind of maps back to the why the okay, yeah. But where did this married. happen? Where did this happen? This happened on Mount, Mount Sinai. Sinai, yeah. What I was going to say Mount Horeb, but yeah. What, Mount, did, what What did he did? He said, "I I I covered. I spread a cloak over you. What was the cloak? There was fire, right? The earth shook. The earth shook. Mm-hmm. There was thunder, there, and there yeah. was darkness." Mm-hmm. That's the covering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and out of the darkness and out of the fire and out of the thunder, the Most High spoke the marriage vows or what we in the Hebrew people call right. the utterances, mm-hmm. which the world refers to as the Ten, Ten Commandments, Commandments, which they are not the Ten Commandments. They are the wedding vows that the Most mm-hmm. High spoke to Israel. And he spoke these words. 
Mm-hmm. These words are very are very important to us to understand. Oh man, we got to go get that. Oh, we got to go get it. We got to go, go get, get that cuz that, that almost it. sounds like what any husband would want out of his wife. It. You know, you, we you, you know, we we want to make we want to make vows. And the most high said in the vows to his wife to be Hebrew Israel mm-hmm. beginning in verse 2, well verse 1. Then Elohim said all these words, I am Yahweh Eloheka, mm-hmm. who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, out of the boat of slavery. You are to have no other gods before me. Right. Now, he, what he's doing is he's saying, acknowledge me. Yes. Acknowledge that I am that I am yes. your husband. I am your husband. So now we just we making this correlation to any, what any good husband would would say to his wife. Yeah. And now yeah. he goes on to acknowledge and say what? Yeah. So now he says, you are not to make of yourself carved image of any kind, representation of anything in heaven above, on the earth beneath, or in the water below. You are not to bow down to them or serve them, for I am Yahweh Eloheka, am a jealous Elohim, punishing the children for their sins, the parents of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, mm-hmm. but displaying grace to the thousands of generations of those who love me and obey my misfos. Now, we're just going to stop right there. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're going to stop right there. Now, let's take that. Let's take those words. And let's put them into a, into a, into modern, modern day language. Let's just transpose okay. them into modern day language. You're going to come up to yeah. present time. This, All is, right. this is, this is what these very, very small would sound like, would sound like in modern taste term. I am Yahweh, your husband who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, out of the abode of slavery. You are not to bring or have any other God to be your husband, be your husband before me. You are not to bow down to them or serve them, for I am Yahweh, your husband, and I'm, 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 I'm I am a jealous husband. <laughs> if we put, if we take that all and put that in modern day terminology, exactly, exactly, and that's what any husband again would say would say to his wife: "I am your husband." And I'm your only husband. I'm your other husband. I'm your only husband. If any other man decides to show up, you are not to go off with them. I don't care how bad they entice you. I don't know how I don't care how good the game is. You are not to go anywhere. Don't do it. (laughs) And he says he's jealous. Now. I'm already telling you about my character. I'm only (laughs) <laughs> and and and, and, right. and and you think you think I don't get upset when right. that happens, right? So you don't think the Most you High think, doesn't have any emotions? You oh, think, absolutely. You think you think the Most High doesn't get upset when somebody comes up and says they're God besides Him? Mm-hmm. The most uh, High gets very upset if you have a good husband and you bring another <laughs> man up in your house and you tell your husband that you're married to that I'm I'm I, this is my husband. Your husband that you're married to, he gon' he uh, I, he gotta be right. A fool, number one. <laughs> if if he don't get if he don't get into a rage, right, and doing it blatantly in front of your face, face. 
and not just one husband, uh, another man, multiple ones. So I, I say this to say, and, 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 and understand something. Our ancestors who, who accepted these marriage vows on Mount Sinai on that day, they said, all that you have said, we, we will, will do. do. Yep. All that you've said, we will so do. So I give you this narrative to understand the birth, our birthing, how we came into existence, mm-hmm. how beautiful we were. You got to go read. You got to, you, 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 oh, let me, let me, let me, let me, let, <laughs> let me, let, let me back up. Let me back up a minute here. Let me back up. I, I, let me back up. I wish I had one of those things that we have, you know, that gives the sound effects. Yeah, you know, yeah. Boop, yeah, he said. He said. <laughs> let, let's, yeah, he says. Let me go. Let me go back to to, to to to. So, verse ten. I clothed you with an embroidered gown, gave you fine leather sandals to wear. That's talking about what happened in the wilderness. That's the wilderness. That's right. I put fine linen headband on your head and covered you with silk. That's talking about what he did for the Kohanim when he gave them the garments to be able to wear. I gave you jewelry to wear, bracelets for your hands, a necklace for your for your neck, a ring for your nose, earrings for your ears, and beautiful crown for your head. Thus you were decked out in gold and silver. Your clothing was fine linen, silk, and richly embroidered gold. You ate the finest flour, honey, and olive oil. And here it comes. Here it comes. You grew increasingly beautiful. You were fit to be a queen. Your frame spread among the nations because of your beauty, because it was perfect due to my having bestowed my own splendor on you, says Yahweh. We're talking about us. We're talking about our people. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand how you came into existence? Do you understand how the Most High sees you and how he talks about Mm. you? as a people and as a nation and you don't have a clue who you are. Yeah, it's 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 kind of cathartic to be able to understand that this is how the most high has expressed his expression of of adoration for yeah. the children yeah. of Israel yeah. and our people and yeah. as a culture and you look at us now we're so disjointed we don't even have any pride in ourselves, in ourselves no to this current day which is no. a shame no because we don't because that has been removed it's almost oh boy <sighs> it's a, and then there grew a generation that did not know yeah 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 and we are a part of a generation that doesn't have a clue don't have a clue and don't want a clue and want to hang on to the guy across the street who never talk any smack to you at all the way the Most High speaks to his wife and the origin of the inception of the marriage that he made between us and him. And then you want to know mm-hmm. why we're in this diaspora? <laughs> because after all he did for us, we did the very thing that he said he was jealous of. Right. Don't bow down to them. We went and our ancestors went and served other gods. Yeah, which unfortunately and fortunately, uh, Ezekiel K-19 
continues to narrate as you get further down, I think in 15, he, he points that out. So yeah. this is the reason why. Yeah. This and, is what you did. Yeah. And when you, when you read, when you read the prophets, when you read the prophets, the prophets speak to us so strongly, so strongly about, about the things that our ancestors did that provoked him to the point that he has caused us to be in this diaspora and under the, under the turmoil mm -hmm. that we suffer that no other nation of people have ever suffered. Mm -hmm. And don't talk to me about the Holocaust. The Holocaust was a, it was bad. But when you look at what's happened to Hebrew Israel and continues to happen to Hebrew Israel in exile today, right. it doesn't compare. Right. It doesn't compare. And so Lamentations, the, the right of Lamentations says, our ancestors sinned and no longer exist. And we bear the weight of their guilt. That's right. That's, 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 we're going to continue to keep doing it as long as we stay in this loop. So, you know, I'm going to continue to kind of talk about this. What about my people and try to explain to us who we are, how we got into this mess and how we continue to gravitate to the minutia of stuff that doesn't resonate with our husband, Yahweh. Mm hmm. And how it is that we are able, we may be able to reconcile and find our way back into his good graces. Yeah. I mean, just, wow. You know, I don't that know. Is a, that is a hefty task. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I said anything tonight in this podcast that resonates with you. But if you don't know your history, you don't know how you as a people came into existence and how the Most High saw you and how beautiful beautiful Hebrew Israel is to him. And if you think that any people can tell you that the Most High has turned his back on his wife, they're flat out lying to you. That's right. It's always there. They're flat out lying mm -hmm. to you. It's always been there. So I'm going to end it. I'm going to end it there tonight. I, I'm going to end it there tonight. So this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom. You know what? I don't think we're done yet because this is still resonating with me a little bit. I know we we, we tried it, but this is going to be the, the the what we call the encore of of this particular podcast. And it, it's, it's interesting to me that, because you just said a second ago that if there was anything that resonated, and I'm going to tell you, I'm sitting in a room here, and I'm going to tell you what resonated with me, what? was the fact that when you had mentioned, which I, you know, never really realized is how descriptive through the prophets, the Most High is about his wife. Absolutely. About, about how... He has done so much that he has adorned his wife, metaphorically again, with fine linen and gold and a crown and all these different things that make 
make a queen and a queen. Yes. The 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 yes. I, I have for a lack of eloquence, the resplendence that comes with just that aura of being being a a a a bride to the most high and important to him. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing that for as long as I've been in past years, had a mind of across, being across the street in Christianity, I've never heard JC talk about his, the church in that manner. No. Hasn't put linen on you, hasn't no. put no. gold, no. hasn't adorned you with anything. No. No. It's just, I believe in me because you know what? That's the only way you're going to get to the Father, and I'm the only salvation from hell. Oh, okay. No. no. Uh, it, there's no... Totally different. There's no... There's no dialogue. The Most High speaks in the 16th chapter of Ezekiel so beautifully about the birthing of a nation and how this beautiful nation has grown into puberty. Mm -hmm. And he talks about it there in, in 16 and how coming out of puberty, you, you've arisen at a place where, where love is to be given to you. Mm -hmm. It's, and, yeah. And how I love you so much that I've taken you and I've consummated a marriage with you, just mm -hmm. the way a man and a woman consummate a marriage. Yeah. And how he adorns her with all the all the finest refinery that there is. All of that narrative is talking about Israel mm -hmm. being birthed in Mitzrayim, man. Right. And, and being redeemed out of Mitzrayim and taken to a land, be, becoming a nation. How does, how does a nation become a nation and don't have no land? Right. You can't, you don't have a country, you don't have a, you're just, no. The Most High provided all that. It's, they were a nation yeah. before he ever gave them land. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's, it's a true narrative. You know, the other thing that, you know, it just, I don't know. It's like these epiphanies are coming like right at the end here as we talk about this, because I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what we're talking about. And the Most High has always been about, again, the community of Israel, the community, the community. And I'm looking at our present day situation. Just look in the past and maybe I'm off base. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking at the past hundred years. Let's take a, the last hundred years. And I'm talking about individuals over here in the United States. So I'm systemic to, to the USA. And we have these leaders that we've, we've, we've come accustomed to. King Jr., Garvey, uh, Malcolm Shabazz or Malcolm X, Farrakhan. Aside from their religious beliefs, they all have the same thing in common, which is this unification of a people, which yeah. is what 
the most high has been trying to do for us for a long time. Right. It ha- hasn't come, even though we've all been able to gravitate to that same basis because it's a unification of a people. Right. Not under a banner of religion. No. It's, it's, we need this community. Yes. And that's the narrative of the most high. If yes. you just remove this, the spirituality that's been put on the text and you read it for what it is, you will clearly see that all the most high is trying to do is unify his people, get them to return back so they can be in right standing right, right, right. with him right. and return to this elevated state right. to be a, a beacon for the nation. Listen, 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 listen. Israel, Hebrew Israel, I'm talking about, and I have to be specific. Okay. I have to delineate Hebrew Israel from Akhenazi Israel. Okay. All right. Hebrew Israel in scripture was in the, in the, in the height of their glory time was a nation of people to be feared. Yes. Yes. Too many accounts of that just by the sound they feared the looking out over the desert and seeing the dust in the horizon mm-hmm. and seeing this nation of people coming towards them. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Rahab, Rahab testifies yeah. to the to the spies. Mm-hmm. They said, "We have heard about you." Yeah, and we are terrified right of you yeah spare me and my family we heard what happened what you did to the egyptians so so the unification our unification is important to understand who we are who our soul power is correct and yeah. recognize that salvation to the most high is not the same salvation that the guy across the street talks about. Right. Totally different. Yeah. Redemption for the most high is not the same redemption that the guy across the street talks about. Mm-hmm. The most high saved us, our people, and delivered us from our two-legged, <laughs> right, blood-breathing, Mm-hmm. Enemies. That's right. He didn't deliver us from the devil. <laughs> he delivered us from two-legged, blood-bleeding individuals who put their pants on one leg at a time. That's right. Just like we do today. Right. Same same deal. People mm. are the enemy, not the devil. We're not going back. We're not going back to the sitcom. The devil made me do, do it. it. Right. No, the devil. There's you know, so I don't know where to go from here. No, I, it's just it's just just a rich topic to just to talk about and expound upon because we as a people really don't. We we continue to hear the Most High say throughout the the text uh, through Moshe's writings, "This is what's happened. This is our history." But then you get into the beauty of how the prophets expound upon it. You don't never, you never really get to hear the most high talk about, this is what I think about you. You. Yeah. This is why I did 
what I did because this is I this is this is how I want you to look at yourself, not a downtrodden people. Exactly. Not slaves, not servants, exactly. not a group of people that have been disenfranchised by any type of culture or circumstance. This is how I see you, but you don't see yourself that way. Even though it's written down in front of you right. and you can read it for yourself and come to the same conclusion. We don't ever do that. And that's why I'm saying this is such a, a rich topic, <laughs> topic. And it took me 40 minutes to get here to realize what you're expounding upon. It's beautiful. You know, our black historians who were worth anything, such as <laughs> yeah. Marcus Garvey, mm -hmm. said these same words that I'm saying now mm -hmm. to you because he understood our ancient black historians have said that if we continue and I'm paraphrasing, to subscribe to a theology that is based on Eurocentric Greek-Roman ideas, mm -hmm. then we are still an enslaved people. Absolutely. Yeah, you're living vicariously through an image that is wasn't intended for you. And the, and the point being is that there is a way out of slavery and there is a way to reconcile all of this. But we'll talk about that as we move forward in this subject. This has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.